This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And we're back with another edition of Lauer After Hours. This is Mike Ryan Fan Account, and I'm joined by fellow Lauer Ranger Steak Sauce. And we are interviewing Greg, who goes by Yeti Blank on Twitter. And we're also joined by Andrew Streeter. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I, I am doing so well. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, I want to start off asking uh, Andrew, what's more exciting, being interviewed by the big lead or being interviewed by uh, Steak Sauce and Mike Ryan Fan Account? <sighs> wow, that's a, dude, it's it's a hard one. It's a really hard one. The big lead one, uh, Kyle Coster, that guy, uh, he made me feel really comfortable. Go Leading up to that uh, phone call, I was like, I don't know, I was really nervous. So I'm like, I have no idea what he's going to ask me. And uh, but you guys are obviously a bigger deal in my heart. I don't care if he hears that. Love it. <laughs> Perfect. That's hilarious. So I guess we'll start with the softball. When did you first get the show? Man. Okay. So do you want me? Oh, I'm, I'm talking. So I guess I'm going to go first. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you've got, you got the show before I did. So you yeah. Go, go ahead, it. Andrew. Yeah. Okay. So. I remember back in like 2005, 2006, probably uh, seeing Dan sub on PTI. And I've always thought that he was awesome. I always really liked him, but I didn't really, you know, chase anything else that he was doing. You know, I was just like, oh, Dan's on this episode of PTI, you know, because I used to be a more traditional sports content uh, consumer, as it were. Right. And, uh, then one day, I'm actually was working one summer uh, down here. I worked for a summer in San Antonio uh, before I actually moved here permanently. That's a whole different story. But I was it was during the NBA Finals in 2014, so that was LeBron's last Heat year, and I was looking on the TuneIn Radio app trying to find like local Miami people or to get reactions or whatever. I was really into that series and. I saw Dan Levitard's name on there and I was like, whoa, what the heck is this? And pull it up and it's just them clowning around the entire time. They're in the middle of the NBA finals and their their coverage is not even anything close to anything else that I've ever heard before. And I'm like, these what are they this is I didn't know how to feel about it necessarily at first. But then like 
I couldn't stop listening to it every day. It was like appointment listening. And I didn't have, I did, I wasn't getting it on, on a podcast at that juncture. I was just like pulling it up. And, oh, Dan's on. I have to listen to it on the, on the TuneIn app. Um, and I don't, I don't know this sir, the timeline about when they got nationally syndicated. I think it wasn't long after that. It was probably 2015, right? When they, uh, when the show got picked up national. So after that, it was just, you know, it's been appointment listening for me. I, uh, those guys, and I'm sure everybody has the same story. They feel like they know those guys. And in some cases, some of us actually do know some of those guys <laughs> in this group. Um, we've just kind of forced our way into their, into their lives um, <laughs> one way or another. But, you know, it's, you know, theater of the mind, as Amin would say, you, you think that you, uh, you really know those dudes and uh, they've become a, uh, an important part of, uh, of me getting through uh, my life. So, yeah, I think yeah, that's, I one, that's one of the biggest things, you know, it's like about, you know, how we started kind of our, our group chat. It's like, we're all kind of going through the same thing and we like have that same connection point. Like no matter what our jobs are, like all different types of industries, I feel like, I think at least most of us listen at work. Right. And it's just like, just gets yeah. me from, from the beginning to the end. So I think that's really cool. Well, and even when, when Dan is actually, when he wants to be serious, he's, you know, when he's like the, uh, like basically the, the really heavy shows of the last two weeks, um, necessarily. So I think too, by the way, but, um, although Reddit would, some of Reddit would think otherwise, but that's another topic for another day. Um, I, he has just this, obviously he's a writer, but he has this way of, um, just he's an amazingly gifted orator and synthesizes these thoughts that and puts them out there in a way that I really um not just agree with but like identify with and he's really informed a lot of my and and all the other people too that he brings on into the show um he's really had a big influence on on my worldview um just over the last five years plus um and I obviously I think that's for the better, but yeah, uh, he's uh, he's awesome. He's also uh, fat. That's true. <laughs> which uh, well, which was the uh, the highlight I'm, of Friday's show for me was uh, the the song that Yeti got played on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was fun. I I had to seek it out a, for a while. That was Trans amazing. Um, can you Trans uh, transition? Transition. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, uh, can you talk a little bit about the songwriting process and like your background in music and whatnot? Yeah. Well, Greg and I both. Go ahead. Oh, Sorry, I'll, Greg. I'll take it from here. Um, and uh, because my name is Greg, I'm going to go and uh, go ahead and answer the earlier question too because I have to talk about myself because <laughs> Greg's are all the same. No, but I got the show. Um, I, I grew up in talk radio. Like my dad, I'd listen, I'd drive around with my dad wherever he went and he always had talk radio on. And it was always political and and I really got into that, like really big for a long time. And then I got to where er, turn around the turn of the decade. Does anyone say that the turn of the decade at the end of the aughts? Um, <laughs> <laughs> back in like aught nine, um, I, uh, I I started realizing like the stuff I'm listening to is like I really don't believe it. It's really not in line with what I believe. And so I got kind of dis disassociated with that way of thinking and and. Uh, and, but then I stumbled across SVP and Rosillo and, um, and I, but I also listened to coaching company a lot too. Jonathan Coachman um, show used to be on the afternoon drive. 
And then one day it wasn't on. And I hear this Dan Levitar guy. I was like, who's this freak? I, did, I didn't like it at all. Like I wanted, where's my sports? I need sports. You know, and like Andrew said, in our younger years, we were much more traditional, you know, uh, into the sports stuff. But so I kept listening to SVP and Rosillo. And finally, eventually they started talking about, um, about Levitard a lot. Um, and, and I started noticing like, you know, one of the things I loved about Van Pelt and, and, and that crew was they would talk the serious sports stuff, but also at the same time, they let outsider Mike get on there and talk about how a goat committed suicide right in front of him. I mean, and, and so it's like, okay, this is, this is my brand. And they started telling me about Levitard. And right about that time, I had one buddy at work who, who is more of a coward fan, but he did like Levitard. And so he, uh, he was like, you should give him a shot. You really should listen to them. And that was like the day that Dan's dog died. And, um, and he's shirtless, crying, driving down a Miami street at like 11 at night. And, and someone pulls it up beside him and is like, Dan Levitard? With his dead dog in his lap. And I just, when I heard that, I was like, okay, time to start giving these guys a chance. Those were um, the dark days too. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, not long after that, I mean, I'm thinking about this, this is within a month. Um, uh, it was, it would have been, it would have been May um mid-may 2016 and it was the listen man episode um when they're doing the predator thing and this two guys comes in listen man i was like (laughs) okay all right this is this is my that that's when i flipped i'd already started like the dog dying is what where i first started to really actually get the show but i was still like svp or at that point i think it was just the rosillo show was still top top billing for me that's when it flipped the listen man episode is when it all flipped and then I'm not going to get into it here, but I shared, you know, uh, you know Eric, you and I have uh, messaged back and forth about, you know, some personal um, tragedy that hit me within, that was within like a week, a week to two weeks after that show. And um, just having that escape for a couple hours a day um, with, with all the just stupid, goofy crap that they would do. Like it was just, it was just wonderful. And, and, and very much like Andrew said, Dan's voice and the voices he allows. Um, the fact that Sarah came over and joined his show. I, I was already a fan of hers from when she used to guest appear on, on, on Van Pelt's show. Um, they gave her a voice early on and my daughter really fell in love with that. She was like three or four. She was like every, every woman she'd hear on ESPN, she's like, is that Sarah Spain? And that meant something to me that, that this was a voice that my little girl was able to recognize that there was a voice more like hers at that young of an age. And she couldn't care less now. But um, but at the time, you know, it was really cool. So I became a big fan of Sarah early on, and then she joined the show on a more regular basis. And um, and then between you know Foxworth and Bomani and and Amin and Pablo and everyone, like it really has helped shape my worldview. Um, and 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 given me the chance to really form my own opinions about about the world. But they kind of because they check they keep the way I was raised, they keep that in check so much because it's very opposite from a lot of the ways that I was raised. Um, not really, not when you get down to the fundamentals of it, but all the other bull crap that, you know, that, that we go through. So it, it was really cool. And, and so that, and, and now we found this whole community, uh, the Lamley and, uh, and that, that's even more fun. My wife's appreciative of that because I have someone else other than Andrew to talk to the show. About and other than her. <laughs> But yeah, so the music, music process, I, I got into it. Yeah, I started playing guitar when I was 16, 17. Um, then Andrew and I met when I was 22. 
and he was were you, you were still 15 almost 16 right correct so it was yeah. Paul Radke to his Greg Cody precisely um, I was actually going to make that uh <laughs> that reference <laughs> I was trying to date Andrew's sister didn't work out probably because Andrew was literally on every date we went on <laughs> everyone every single one even for my birthday we, uh, we went out and um uh andrew came along and they bought me a t-shirt that i wore every friday and probably three or four times a week because it was good but yeah um that's how we met and uh andrew had a band he can talk about them for a second and i did too and we were playing what was pretty much our last show ever and uh i didn't even know this at the time i didn't know this until a few years ago but this was andrew and them had never played a show before but i was trying to impress his sister i'm like what your little brother want to play want to open up for us and they said yes and so we shared the stage back then and uh a few years later my brother and i were making some music and andrew played bass for us at a little at a little talent show that we played and um and yeah so we've been we've been sharing some form of music for 18 years now almost it's wild but yeah yeah no for sure and then (laughs) there was a space of like i don't know 10 of those years where we didn't really talk to each other yeah yeah. (laughs) like little things on facebook here and there but he saw i think you saw me tweet something or retweet something about the show and then you reached out to me and you were like hey do you like listen to dan too and like ever since then it was just like Oh sweet! I have an outlet of somebody to talk to you that understands the show. And uh, Eric, um, sorry to interrupt, man. Does your sister have any regrets now that Yeti's making it on the Levitard show all the time? <laughs> I mean, he's a superstar now. <laughs> I doubt she has any idea. It wouldn't be surprised if she even does. If she even like remembers. If, if she were to say, "Who's Greg?" I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask her. Actually, I'll Marco pull her after we're done, and I'll ask her. <laughs> I'll give her contact. I'll give her contact. I'll let her know. That's hilarious. Hey, remember that relationship I ruined for you? Well, that guy's famous now. <laughs> no, no, no. That relationship was doomed. Okay, quick story. Final, like my final, like little last ditch effort. She was about to audition oh, for no. American Idol, and, uh, and and our church would do this barn dance. The town I, I was living in, we had a, a group of people that would host this big dance in this barn, and people like three hundred people would show up to this thing. And for for rural North Carolina, that's a lot of people. Um, especially in our church community. Um, these are all like kids between 18 and 30. And then Andrew, who was 16 or almost 16, <laughs> tagged along too. So so I had this little Elvis card that said something stupid, like you're the real American Idol or something. I mean, it was just terrible, terrible. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it was just really dumb. But like, so I, I had that ready to give to her. She shows up with her little brother and her on again, off again boyfriend and who was on again at the time. Um, soon to be off again and the guy who she would eventually end up marrying and it's still married to yeah Yeah. and it's still married to oh yeah so i was i was throwing into double coverage to a receiver who didn't want to catch i was was passing again oh yeah that's yeah so yeah yeah so i I doubt she has any regrets at all and neither do i no offense (laughs) she's a wonderful wonderful girl <laughs> All right, back to the music trends. <laughs> Who has music questions? <laughs> so Yeti or Greg, tell us a little bit more about your setup because I think, if I remember correctly, you you just finished that studio. Is that right? Yeah, uh, it's it's just a closet within a closet, so it's closet inception. Um, but uh, we we bought this house a year ago, and 
we saw they had a, a good size walk-in closet and I was like, we've never had this. I've never had this in any, the house I grew up in. I don't think I'm trying to think, I don't think we had any closets in the house I grew up in. Um, <laughs> I cannot recall a single closet in the house I grew up in. Um, so really good size closet, then opened up this other magical door and it was a bonus closet. I'm like, so I asked my wife, I was like, can this be the studio? She said, absolutely. And I was like, I, I knew there was a reason it didn't work out with Andrew's sister. Um, but, she would, she would have shot that down. Right yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, so yeah, so I just, yeah, I, I, I've, I just made some homemade acoustic panels and, and, uh, just have a cheap microphone that does well though, that I'm happy with. And, and that's what I've been recording on. Andrew's the one who's got a much better setup. I'm sure he's actually a trained and educated audio engineer. I just make this crap up as I go and I annoy him with, with questions. <laughs> so Andrew, you might be the one to ask how to, how to sound better on this thing. Yeah, dude. I'll, I'll, you know, my wife and I, we have a podcast as well. I've, plug it, plug it, plug it, plug it. It's a parenting podcast, but it's not. Well, I'm really good. You know what? I'm going to go walk into the ocean. Never mind. <laughs> Um, you know what? Hey, I'm a really shitty parent. If you need to guess, <laughs> that's how you that's how you you promote it. <laughs> Shittiest parent. What, so, what's the name of it? It's called Regular Streeters. We are our last name is Streeter, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you can listen to it. It's on Spotify. It's on all of the all the platforms. Just Apple. recently, actually. Yeah, right? we just finally got distribution from google podcast and apple podcasts and it's she's the star of the thing i just produce it and sometimes i talk <laughs> and uh just follow i'll tweet out a link sweet man no it's it's a lot of fun and i do that and i i've helped edit other people's podcasts too but mo my degree's in audio engineering like greg said so i um went to school for it when i had I was, Originally got into it because I wanted to record my own music, my own tunes, and my wife and I do that too. <laughs> plug, plug that, plug that. We are a band called Whisper Sands, and huh? you can find us at uh, on Bandcamp. Just Google Whisper Sands Bandcamp, and you can see the records we put out there. Still not distributed other places yet, but we're actually working on some other stuff too. So anyway, yeah, we've got a little bit of a nice little recording setup good enough for what for what i need and uh yeah they do really good work i'll i'll plug them dadgummit they uh they, <laughs> <laughs> they uh whisper sands does really good work um they uh, i didn't write for about eight nine years i couldn't write any songs any any original stuff um and uh they put out an album glass canyons and uh Andrew Andrew told me where to, uh, sent me one of the singles from it and I went and bought it and um, I listened to it and within like three days I wrote the first song I'd written in forever and then for the next three or four listens through I, I end up writing more songs like every time I'd get done listening to it and um, it, it, it drove this little and we'll get into this this with the show songs a little bit but it, it really sparked this little minor bit of jealousy that they were actually able to like put something together and I've been trying for so long and wasn't able to. And, uh, which completely unfounded. I mean, because you know, Andrew's had a lot more training. He's infinitely better musician. So is his wife than I am, but I am, uh, um, 
but like it, a little bit of jealousy and, and a little bit of co- competition. And so I was fan, I was able to write some stuff. I haven't recorded any of that stuff yet, but I was able to write and that felt good because it had been a really long time. So, so their stuff is really good. It will always hold a, a special place in my heart. So yeah, check out glass canyons by whisper sands and all their other stuff. Thanks man. I appreciate that. That's kind of what, interestingly enough, like you were saying, that's kind of what sparked uh, me throwing my hat into the show song arena was the success of uh, the fine song. Yeah, the uh, the fine song. I wrote that over, like, it took me a couple months to write that one. That's the only one that didn't come, like, necessarily easy, mainly because I didn't really try too hard. Was, I had the idea. It was one of those things we just goof around about. I'd message Andrew, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we did, if I did this, blah, blah, blah. And then we'd forget about it, and then I'd remember it and do a little bit more. But I had, I had the, the lyrics for that two years before I actually finally recorded it. I had recorded a little demo version of it to see if I'd be able to pull it off. And I was like, dang, this is really, really hard to do all the harmonies and stuff. And I had to lower the key a lot to be able to get everything to where it sounded right. And so, I mean, I kind of gave up on it and forgot about it for a long time. And then once we got everything set up here in my, in, in our new place, um, I was like, and, and the quarantine started, I ended up writing a parody about social distancing to uh, islands in the stream. And then I was like, you know what? I should do the fine song. I should just buckle down. And, do it. and we did it and it blew up. It got played and it blew up. It had the benefit of being first out of this wave. So and then but yeah after that then then the lights just went on for andrew and he completely pummeled me for five or six songs in a row (laughs) (laughs) so carry on carry on with that so that that's that sparked it and then then you jumped in the ring for sure what was your first thought andrew when you saw when you saw greg well he actually he sent me you know like he was saying he would uh i i knew of that about that song for almost two years before it actually got played on the show. He just never got around to finishing it. And then we got into the COVID content desert and Greg was like, do you think I could get this played? I don't know how he got Greg Cody's email address, but he managed to. And Chris's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I got Chris's when that's I wrote the, I wrote the, uh, that's, the Stu- that's a fine. That's the, a fine. <laughs> I wrote the Stugatz parody like back in 2017 when he was on that hot streak of losing um with the stew you gots and he, he like it was there's like oh and 18 and i wrote that to uh to the tune of heart-shaped box i put i did that you know stew you gots and i i i just tweeted out to chris i was like how do i go about maybe trying to get a song on the air and he sent me his email and i've had it ever since and um that one didn't get played of course and uh and i had his email ever since so yeah i was this like his email jay ritter chris. Huh? It is Jay Ritter. Ritter. Jay Ritter. Yeah, yeah, I got it too. Jack Ritter. <laughs> so yeah, Greg sent me. Greg sent me the song after he'd worked on it, and was like, "How are the levels on this?" And I sent him a couple like minor notes, and he's like, "Do you think this could get played?" And I'm like, "I think it's really good." And obviously, given the nature of the the content desert, I think they're desperate for stuff. Not that that's the only condition that that could have gotten played because it's a really, really good song. It certainly helped. And so when I saw that he finally got on air, I was like, wait a minute, I could do that. <laughs> I could totally do that. And like immediately I'm bouncing off ideas and like Stu Gotts is like my, he is my muse. And so I immediately like was banging out uh, the lyrics for the, uh, uh, the show, po, show, show pole Rita song and uh, sending them out to Greg. And he, uh, he was kind of helping me along with that. 
And I was like, yeah, dude, do it, finish it, make it happen. And then it, we were off to the races. It was like floodgates were open after that. Just kept sending in stuff. Yeah, Andrew got that, and then he got his Doliac song played. So I recorded a Doliac song that didn't get played. Then Andrew did, um, what was your next one after that? You did um, uh, Show Killer. Yeah, Show Killer, that got played. The Hollow Notes um, one. Grunk, um, uh, Grunk came out of retirement, and I came up with part of Grunk Anthem. That didn't get played. Didn't expect that one to get played, though. I really didn't, I didn't have high hopes for that one. And then, I, and then you had, this, the same day that Chris Cody was talking about the ponies good good weekend betting on the ponies boys i wrote and recorded the uh, australian ponies genuine cover that, yeah that was within like a couple of hours of him mentioning yeah. that he, he he texted immediately i hadn't, i hadn't even heard that that clip of the show yet and he was like chris just talked about the the ponies and i in my head i was like he's gonna do something with genuine and then he then he threw down he genuine <laughs> pony. i was like okay this this will be cool this will be really cool and uh um, and then, so what, then what happened was, uh, um, shut, uh, shut the dog up after that. Yeah. Shut that dog up. <laughs> was, that, was that the last one of yours to get played? That was the last one of mine to get played. I did submit a, uh, a Jordan, a Michael Jordan doc Mambo number five parody about how that's all anyone's talking about is the Jordan doc uh, anywhere you turn on ESPN. And, uh, Chris thought it was really good. And Mike apparently approved it according to Chris, but it didn't get, it didn't ever get played. <clears throat> and then. Chris on Chris's birthday when he got a pineapple from his dad, I DM'd him was like, "Happy birthday, dude! Hope you had a great day." He's like, "Thanks." And then he volunteers. By the way, we're playing your song, your Jordan song tomorrow. So I'm like, "Sweet!" So I I'm listening to it live all three hours, and they don't play it at all. And I just DM him a frowny face. <laughs> <laughs> Did he respond to that? He goes, "I'm so sorry, dude. <clears throat> it's got approved. You still got a shot tomorrow because that was a Thursday." And it didn't get played the next day. And I was like, it's okay, Christopher. I still love you. So <laughs> I think that's just the, we all kind of knew where he was sitting on the, the show totem pole and uh, just kind of illustrated that for me. Chris told me in, uh, in an email, because I will bounce a couple things off of him every now and again to kind of get, try to get a feel for the room, like what's, what's the atmosphere, what's the content like right now. Um, like it basically trying to see without saying, Hey, is now a good time to send in another song. Um, I've got a, another, I, I have a Greg Cody show killing song that I'm working on. Um, so do it's, I. Just, it's just a lot. Yeah. And Andrew's got another one. And oh. I, so I, I asked Chris, I was like, would you, would it even stand a chance of getting played since we've already had one show killer song get played? He says, you guys have proven yourselves. I fight for everything you send in. Mike has to approve it, of course. And then of course it has to fit like with, within, they have to be able to fit it in and make it make sense sometimes or make, you know, just it has to be able to fit. Um, but uh, he said, just send it away. I fight for everyone. So that was good to know. But see, Andrew called me, uh, he, he texted me crying every night for the next three weeks after the MJ song didn't get played. I'm kidding. No. Of course. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, but then I had fat angel get played um, after that. And then that, I mean, that's been almost a month. Um, we've submitted a couple more, I, I played I played Grief Eater for y'all last week on the on our pod, and then um, uh, Andrew and I teamed up for Marching Band of Nowhere. Um, we haven't that one's not been released yet. I've got it ready to release. It's just it's on a private link right now. Um, but I'm I, I'm I'll I'll really maybe we can release that with uh, with this interview. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was good, man. Oh no, it's really good. It's really but I think good. I think it was a timing thing, where they uh, you know we'd send it in. 
<clears throat> right in the midst of all of the uh, the uh, social unrest going on here. So, yeah, it was a heavy week of shows, and I, I debated whether or not to send it in. And but but then Dan was like about the Stuart the Stuart Pottity thing came up, and it was like we do need a little bit of fun around here. I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And if it gets played, awesome. If not, I get it. It's okay. So, so you guys are having fun doing this, obviously. But I think all of us Levitar fans have like a uh, kind of a <laughs> overblown like sense of love for the show and for the cast. Where we take like we're a very dedicated fan base, and we care a lot about these people. Um, what does it mean for you guys to have this interaction with the show? What kind of interactions have you had besides like DMing, like uh, feedback you get from the show, and just what it means to you guys as like fans of the show? Go ahead, Andrew. You've got the best one of those. Oh man! <clears throat> so like Dan Dan said, you know, back before the 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 lockdown from COVID, like right before then, they were doing all the Doliac call-in shows, and, <clears throat> and he had been lamenting for a while that like you know, man, we used to you know he what he's like Mike more songs play more songs bring out the old catalog i want songs and he's like if you want to send us a song you know your reward is that we'll play it and to me that is it is just that is the reward the big lead guy kyle coster he was like do you want to like leverage this into money i'm like that'd be cool but that's not really why i do this i want to i want to make those guys laugh and knowing that i have and have you know, knowing that my confirming that my sensibilities line up with theirs is like an ultimate reward. Dan DM'd me after the uh, the, uh, the genuine parody and was like, "Thank you, man. Thanks so much. This is uh, you know, this is a hard time for content, and we keep them coming." And like, I I want to. I told Greg that I wanted to like screenshot that and then frame it and put it in my office. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's it's amazing and everything else like with you know after the shut that dog up song Stu followed me on twitter not that he you know <laughs> looks at anything on twitter but he followed me on twitter and you get retweets from people that you've been listening to for five years or more and it's like it's amazing there's it's nothing there's and that's why we we're fueled to keep doing it it's it's yeah. so, super cool to be able it's, to it's a it's fun hobby. It's really it's addicting. Fun. Yeah. It is. It is addictive. The uh, um, the adulation is fun. I uh, you know it, it, it can be quite addictive. Uh, it, I think I, that's how uh, that's how me and Mike Ryan fan account feel about the local hour, where it's just like you get on there once and it's like wow, like I'm part of the family now. Like yeah, yeah, you know. And then, uh, then the next time we're calling a hundred times at you know <laughs> six in the morning, yeah. listening to a busy tone for an hour. Well, it's just but, such uh, a thrill, like the process steak like you know you wait an hour on hold and then you have like five minutes and it's just such an adrenaline rush and you never know like how good you were because yeah. like if it's good content how do you sound like one time i went right after uh, david from toronto so everyone was just up in flames and then i got some of the heat i was on vacation i was dming my grind i was like man these reddit people are so mean i'll tell you the reddit has been the most surprising part about this whole song thing because like i was just expecting i was like there will be people who like it but it's also the reddit and the way mike ryan talked about the crap that he gets on the reddit i was just anticipating all that to be thrown our way to just because just a proximity and it's been nothing but positive on our end i mean my the very first reddit comment i got about the fine song was some dude named penis boner 13.0 <laughs> 
13. I mean, how awesome is that? (laughs) (laughs) Could have been poopy poop butt butt soup. Right, right, right. No, I sent Andrew a screenshot of that. I was like, I was like, my day's been made. I got to, I mean, and this is before the song even got, uh, this is before the song even got played. That was just off of me posting it on Reddit. It was either penis bone or 13 or 14. I'm not sure it's, it's important depending on which state you're in, I, I assume. But, um, uh, yeah, but I was like, yeah, my day's been made. I got, I got a, co- a compliment from someone with that name. All right, cool. This is the world we're in. Um, but, uh, it's been interesting. Andrew and I were talking about this a few weeks ago. I was uh, full disclosure. I was a little down. I, I'd only gotten the fine song played. He was completely blowing it up. And I was like, dang it. There was jealousy. Sure. And, 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 uh, but like, but I've told him like in a good way, um, right. As soon as he started writing show pole reader, his wife was like, said something like, are you trying to one up Greg? And, 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 and he told me he wasn't. And I was like, dude, I, yes you are and that's okay i want you to i want us to and i really hope that for other listeners too like i was like that's what i've been hoping i've been hoping for other people of similar you know ability to like hit us over the head with how uh how much better they are than us so i guess and, we're the uh, only two talented people in the whole crew and, there, and on come the reddit comments now we go there now comes go. the reddit hate you you're welcome <laughs> no steak and i get a little bit on twitter which i find hilarious Oh, yeah, that's it? so weird. What was it? Kelly Clarkson? Kelly Clarkson <laughs> fan account. <laughs> Blocked us both, yeah. man. This is when we find wow. out Kelly Clarkson fan account is Eric's wife. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> it'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but your Andrew then told me, and, and uh, he says, my wife is convinced that this is going to destroy our friendship. <laughs> and I told my wife that she said she's probably right. <laughs> I'm I'm way too nice to let that happen. Are you guys uh, thinking of any more uh, collaborations together? Yes, of course. We, yeah. we have at least two that we've started the, uh, brainstorming on. But we can't wait for Christmas. There's one of Oh, the third, the third. That's right, the Christmas one. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> There's a holiday themed one that I am just like jazzed out of my mind for. That we're going to do written? together. No, no, but we already we have a really good idea of what it's going to be. Nice. So so that's fun i've got a couple of things in the pipeline um just other ideas floating around that i'm <clears throat> trying to fully realize i had a fully written song about uh the music dome and i you know i thought it was really good but <clears throat> i didn't record it because the uh i think the mat did was the master year like even still going like billy couldn't do the updates because he no. was talking he was talking through the toilet or whatever for the for, not for the to be year. uh not to be insensitive or dramatic but losing a music dome is definitely the worst part of this quarantine absolutely I, I, look i agree i agree and i watch a finale of i watched all of mass singer and i just got sad every time i want to hear <laughs> billy's take on it that's actually a, the finale of mass singer is what brought up the marching band of nowhere song um you know, since since we'll release it after this interview um i'll uh it's to the to the um bad boy for life the frog performed that and as yeah. he's performing it i hear marching band band to nowhere. Nowhere. and i'm just like oh here we go all right cool so there, yeah there, there's there's good references uh, that that one's got a lot of good references to it or in it um that one's a one's- What's a that? criminal snub. That one's a criminal oh. snub in my eyes. Yeah, that one should have gotten played. That's probably a timing issue, though, and that's okay. As you said earlier, we still love you, Christopher. But um, but uh, Andrew, what's the? 
I don't know if we uh, maybe we shouldn't burn anybody. I was going to ask what's the weirdest um, message you've received through uh, that, that's related to the songs. Oh, I don't know if oh, we want to burn anybody or not. No, well, I'm trying to think. I, the only thing that really sticks out was before the. Uh, I think it was the Shopo Reader song that before that even got played. Um, I had posted it on Reddit and I tweeted it out. And then some guy, you remember that guy that was like, uh, Greg, you saw that, where the dude was like, uh, yeah, the lyrics aren't that good and, you know, they should be better and you're not that good a singer. And like, was that to, the, uh, to the fine song? No, that was to, that was my song before oh, okay, it even got played. He's like, he's like, it's probably not even going to get played on the show. And then oh, like yeah, an that, hour, yeah. hour later it gets played. <laughs> like, Homer Simpson back into a bush after that, but <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyway, yeah, yeah we uh, yeah, because the fine song I had, I had Ed. I don't remember what his Twitter handle is. I just remember his name was Ed. He's like, this is mediocre. It's a word salad, blah blah. And I was like, oh yeah, that guy. I was like, those words might. I was like, you want a word salad? I'll give you a word salad, but that's not it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Ed. <laughs> I can't remember his handle. But like, yeah, he was. That's the only like even halfway like negative thing that was said but, i mean i just played off because it's, it's fun i'm just like good i'm a champion of mediocrity you know yeti uh what kind of interactions have you had with the show are you uh are you in contact with those guys do they give, give you good feedback i've gotten more with anthony i got i had a whole running conversation with him about his turtleneck at um dan's wedding but i haven't, I haven't gotten a single because it was it was me and him going back and forth with pictures of Tom Brady in the same turtleneck and Gray Blazer and Danny Cannell in the same setup. That was fun, but uh, but nothing from the show from from Anthony. But um uh but just Chris and um as far like like Chris and I I'll, I'll email Chris with a couple of questions or whenever I send him a song, and then um just Dan retweeting and oh oh I did do a Greg Cody song this week that um I sent in to try to win the uh the opportunity to be on the zoom chat um at the end of his podcast and uh so it took his ballad of 1440 that he did which was to the tune of um uh the kinks um muskill hillbilly or something like that i can't remember the name of it but um uh so i i i wrote my own parody of that to, with the rhyming scheme of ballad of 1440 and uh, about how I want to be on a Zoom chat with Greg Cody. And I got a message back saying, Zoom in it. So oh. I'm that I'll be getting the link, that I'll be on a, a Zoom chat with, with Cody soon. That'll be fun. But he... That'll be awesome. Uh, Chris reposted that from Greg from the Greg Cody Show Instagram account. And then uh, Greg Cody actually uh, reposted that story as well. So that was cool. And then... Um, so hopefully I'll get to talk to Greg. But uh, but just the retweets from Dan, um, the occasional message from Sarah or, or a like response from Sarah... Um, nothing from Mina yet, which, which just breaks my little heart, but, um, uh, but, um, but, but yeah, uh, I mean, you know, he, he's the, he actually referenced the fine song before anybody else. I got a text or an, um, an email from Chris saying, we just played the song, went over great. Thanks a lot. And then I looked on Twitter and I mean, was like, whoever did this fine song, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. You know? And, and then he actually tweeted out twice. Um, but no DMS from like Dan or anything. And no, uh, no interview request from the big lead. So, uh, you know. This is going to ruin your friendship. Yeah, I can tell. Eventually, you know, oh, we, <laughs> no, what, we hate each other. That's what will what, even... ruin it. What will ruin it is if like, 
Um, it won't even be like if there's a suey category thing and, and Andrew beats me out for that. It would be like if he were to get invited to Moss and didn't bring me along. Oh. <laughs> no, dude. I already have it planned in my mind. I had a dream about this. So I was going to tell you. I had a dream that we got invited to Moss and that you and I played a set of our songs. At oh, I have too. And I would... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, mine was a daydream. Like, I was conscious and awake oh. in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was telling the secret that this is what I want. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> that's, how, that's how the secret works right you just tell the secret hey this and, and it happens uh but no um no and i'd pick up juju on the way for sure um yeah but that that that's the real dream yeah <laughs> but uh yeah how, how silly are we <laughs> but it's fun and and i'm glad like it, being part of this whole our little um the lower rangers and 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 the the lamley thing that we've got going on there like it's been really fun to uh, uh, have uh, to be able to talk about these things in and out, other than just tweeting and seeing what happens. We can actually we actually have conversations all day long, and yep. and uh, that's been really fun. And 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 the music has just made that made it that much more be able to bring that into what we're doing here. So it's been cool. Co-signed. <laughs> Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.